Bibles tonight. I want you to turn uh, to about three places tonight, and we'll give you time to find them. Uh, we want you to turn to John, John's Gospel, chapter 14, and verse 30. We'll also be going to chapter 19 of that same Gospel. John, chapter 14, and verse 30, and chapter 19, and verse 38. If you found them two places there, uh, then flip back over to Psalms 17 and verse 3. I hope I hadn't went too fast for you. I'll give them out again as I read them. John 14, 30, John 19, verse 38, and Psalms 17 and verse number 3. If you found your place, we'll stand for the reading of the Word of God, and uh, we will start in... Uh, in John chapter 14, verse 30. This is Jesus speaking. Uh, the Bible said, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and he hath nothing in me. And then over in John chapter 19 and verse, or chapter 18, I'm sorry, chapter 18 and verse 38. Chapter 18, verse 38, Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all, at all. And then we'll wind up in Psalm 17 and we'll read verses 1 through 3. Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry, give ear unto my prayer, that goeth not out of fringed lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved my heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. Thank you. you may be seated. Our fathers, we come once again, course of this day. Uh, Lord, we come to pray. Uh, Lord, over this uh, this message for tonight, and uh, we thank you for the good uh, crowd that's come out tonight to hear the Word of God, and uh, Lord, that speaks, uh, Lord, of their love for you and of the Scriptures and of the house of God, and we thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness to come tonight, and Lord, we uh, come this evening, and Lord, you know every need tonight in this building, it's nothing you don't know. You know our needs before we even ask, the Scriptures tell us. And so, Lord, we come tonight asking you to meet the needs tonight that are here. Lord, these thoughts that you've put in my heart, Lord, this week, I pray you would, Lord, put them together in some kind of an order that, Lord, we might be able to bring the message with clarity that uh, people would have an understanding, Lord, of what uh, God has put upon our heart to preach tonight. And, uh, Lord, uh, guide our words tonight. And uh, Lord, replace my thoughts with your thoughts where they need to be replaced. And God, I pray tonight always for those that may not be saved tonight. And uh, Lord, because we have no promise of tomorrow or even the rest of this day, it's of urgent importance that we know that we've been saved. Uh, Lord, this very hour in which it we're here. Now Lord, have your way tonight and get glory out of the service, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I preached this morning, if you were here this morning, I preached this morning about some things that I would like to test positive for. 
And uh, I talked about how I'd like to test positive for the salvation of God. And how that I would like to test positive for the faith of God. And how that I would like to test positive for the love of God. But as we look here tonight, uh, we see some things here tonight uh, in these scriptures that I've read. The Bible tells us that uh, the devil came to the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said he was coming. And he said when he comes, he said he won't find anything in me. And uh, when he came, uh, that's why that uh, Jesus did not su- succumb to the temptations that like m- many of you do sometimes. And uh, we were like the lady that said, I can overcome about anything except temptation. Uh, but uh, we realize tonight that we're tempted and tried. And, and the Bible said that uh, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, because God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt any man, but every man's tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. We got, we got a lot in us for the devil to work with tonight. Uh, he won't have any problem finding a little bit of jealousy, won't have no problem finding some people a little bit of bitterness, uh, sin in all of us. devil's got plenty to work with. But when it came to the Lord... The Bible said he found nothing. Jesus tested negative. And then the Bible said that Pilate, uh, he had the Lord there and he interrogated the Lord and looked at it from every angle and questioned and insinuated and all the things he did. But after he got done at the end of it, after all his questions, after all his watching, after all his listening, I... He said, I find no fault in him. Now for years I preached it that way. I preached that he said, I find no fault in him, which he didn't say that. But one day I stumbled upon this passage where the Bible said he said more than that. He said, I find no fault in him at all. In other words, uh, Jesus tested negative. He had no faults. You know, they... you know, you gotta t- you got to check all this uh, Facebook stuff. I think we've got more false propaganda going on in the world today than ever has been. I'm positive of that. Because everybody's got phones and most people got uh, Facebook and most people go on it. And the devil has tricked us into believing that everything we read on there is true. And really, probably the largest percent of what we read on there is not true. So you got to fact check your information, especially when you're in the place I'm in tonight. Because I don't want to preach something that ain't true. And, uh, but I, I read, uh, I read and I tried to fact uh, check it and I couldn't, I couldn't come up with anything on it. But I'm positive it's, it's probably true. But I read of, of all the people that has been tested uh, for COVID in, the, in our country, in the United States, uh, that the majority of them uh, tested negative. We didn't hear about them. All we heard about was all those that tested positive. And we found out that a lot of them that tested positive come up negative, and a lot of them tested negative come up positive. And so we can't really test the test. We can't really trust the test. But I got to thinking about that, and over here the psalmist said, uh, he said, Thou, talking about the Lord, he said, Thou hast proved my heart, 
Thou hast visited me in the night. Have you ever had God to visit you in the night? Have you ever woke up in the night and God just, uh, everybody else is asleep, but God just hovered over the bed, so to speak, and and God just there in the room, wake up three or four o'clock in the morning, just you and God. I, I've had that happen sometimes. Uh, and that's what happened to the psalmist here. He said, Thou hast proved my heart, thou hast visited me in the night, thou hast tried me, and shall find nothing. Uh, in other words, whatever the Lord was dealing with him about, uh, he tested negative for it. Uh, and uh, I want to preach tonight for a few minutes on some things uh, I would like to test negative for. Some things I'd like to test negative for. And the first thing that I want to say tonight is uh, I would like to test negative for doubting the Word of God. Uh, we're living in an age when there ain't many Bible believers left. Uh, uh, I guess there's more than we think we are. there is. I hope they are. Amen. Uh, but I'll tell you tonight, if the Lord tested me on this book, uh, I'd like to say that I'm negative on doubt. Uh, I'd like to say that I believe everything in the book. Uh, uh, you say, preacher, can you do you understand everything in the book? No, I didn't say I understood everything. I said I believed everything in the book. Amen. I, I believe everything from Genesis to Revelations. I, I, I'm like one old preacher said, I even believe what's on the cover of Holy Bible. Amen. I, I, I believe this is God's Word. Boy, I'm sure glad we got it. Uh, uh, boy, we'd be in a mess tonight. Uh, if we had all this going on tonight, no Bible. Uh, I'm telling you, we're blessed tonight. Amen. Uh, I'm glad that even though we may watch Fox News, uh, uh, that's not where our main news comes from. Uh, uh, our news comes from the Word of God. Uh, and a lot of, did you know most of this world, uh, they don't have a clue of what's going on right now. Now, I might not be able to explain all that's going on right now, but I do have a clue. Amen. Uh, I do have a clue what's going on. I, I've read the book, thank God. I, I'm glad that I've read the book of Revelations. We're in it right now. I, and I, there's a lot of bad things happen I, uh, from Revelations chapter 6 all the way over to Revelations chapter 19. I, but I'm glad that, thank God, in the end we win. I, uh, I'm glad if you're saved and a child of God tonight, uh, uh, we don't end uh, with the wrath of God being poured out upon us. Uh, but you and I are going to end up in chapter 19 at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, and I say thank God for it. Uh, uh, but I got to thinking about some men in the Bible that tested uh, uh, negative for doubting the Word of God. Uh, uh, there was a man in the Bible and his name was Noah, a great man. Amen. Uh, the Bible said that he alone, uh, uh, that God seen him as righteous in his sight. Amen. Uh, the Bible said in Hebrews 11, 7, By faith uh, Noah being warned of God of things not seen. Uh, in other words, God said, Noah, going to destroy the whole business. Uh, he said, Noah, going to send a flood. Uh, uh, going to wipe out everything. Noah had never seen a flood. Uh, uh, Noah had never seen everything destroyed. Uh, but the Bible said uh, that Noah believed God. Uh, amen. Uh, thank God for a man or a woman or a boy or a girl that believes God. Uh, the Bible said Noah was warned of God of things not yet as seen. He moved with fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Uh, 
In other words, uh, when God said Noah, He said, I'm going to destroy everything. Uh, the Bible said that Noah, if he'd have been tested right at that point, uh, he would test negative for doubting the Word of God. Uh, he believed what God said. We know that because the Bible said he believed it and he moved. Uh, if you believe what God says, uh, uh, you'll move. Amen. Uh, if you don't believe him, you might linger. You might, uh, you might be slow about coming around. Uh, but if you believe the word of God, uh, uh, you'll move when God says move. Uh, now, God's word was told them, uh, and God said, I'm going to bring a storm uh, upon this world. What, actually, what the Lord said, the words he used, uh, the Lord said, Behold, I, even I, will bring a flood. Uh, God said, I'm going to bring a flood upon this place. Uh, and he said, I want you to build this ark. Uh, I want you to go by what I've told you here and build an ark, a place uh, uh, for you to get in out of the storm. But he said, I want you to believe that there's going to be a storm. Now, Noah would have never nailed the first board uh, if he hadn't believed God. Amen. Noah believed God and the Bible said that because he believed God, uh, that he'd done what God said do. Noah wasn't the only man that ever got in a storm. We read over in Acts 27 about the Apostle Paul and there was a great storm over there, a, a, a mighty storm, a, a, a storm that lasted for many days and they named it, they called it Eroclodon. Did you know they don't name little storms that come through here on a frequent basis? They don't name them. They just say there's going to be thunderstorms this evening. But boy, them big storms, they still name them. Amen. Uh, uh, they still name the hurricanes and the cyclones and all these things. Well, the Bible said that, that Paul, uh, he got in the middle of a big storm. Uh, and you know what Paul said in the middle of that storm? Uh, Paul said, I believe God. Amen. Uh, in other words, he said, I believe the Word of God. I believe what God said. Uh, you know, tonight, you and I know there's a storm coming. Uh, we know that there's dark clouds headed our way. Uh, we know that there is uh, there's some dark days uh, scheduled for this planet. Uh, and if we believe God, uh, and we believe God's Word, and we don't doubt God's Word, uh, we've made preparation for that day. Amen. Uh, uh, thank God. We've tested negative for doubting the Word of God. And then the Bible said the Lord told them, said, Here's how you're going to survive the storm. He said in Genesis 7, 1, He said, Noah, after you get that house done, He said, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. In other words, He said, Noah, the only way you can be saved is to come into this ark. Did you know there's only one door in that ark? There's only one way into it. Did you know the Lord has given you and I a survival plan? Uh, Jesus is that ark. Uh, did you know He's the only door? There's not a hundred ways. There's not fifty ways. There's not even two ways. Uh, uh, Jesus is the only way. Uh, I told a fellow that one night in his house. He got upset, mad, red-faced. Uh, 
And he said, you're a bigot. Uh, I said, sir, I said, I didn't say that. I'm just quoting what Jesus Christ said. Uh, and I, I had a Bible there, and I said, it says right here, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, uh, well, if you test me, uh, I'm going to be negative on doubting what Jesus said. Uh, I believe he is the only way. I don't believe you can go through Muhammad. I don't believe you can go through some of these other fellas. Uh, I believe there's only one person uh, that that is a door to heaven. Uh, and Brother Eddie Williams, that man is Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I believe what God said about him. Uh, you see, they got over there in that storm and it's a it's a little physical storm. And you know what you know what Paul told him there? Of course he went along, he got along with God. That's a good thing to do when you get in a storm is to get along with God. And he went and got along with God. And he come up and he said, Fellas, I believe God. He said, I'll believe I believe it'll be even as it was told me. I'm glad to say tonight that if you want to test me tonight, I'm going to come up negative on doubting God's word. I believe it'll come out just like God said it'd come out. I believe every word of that. If you think you're going to slip by, it's going to turn out different somehow or another. No, sir, you're wrong. Just like the Lord said, the Lord said this is how it's going to be and this is how it's going to be. Amen. You know, I... I, I know we're all worried about this upcoming election. I know we're all concerned about it, rightly so. We ought to be praying about it. We ought to go vote. We ought to do all of that. Uh, but you know what? Uh, uh, after you've done all you can do, all you can do is trust God. Amen. Uh, and you got to trust the Lord. Uh, and whatever comes, did you know, whatever the Lord, whatever the Lord allows to come, uh, God's got a plan to still make it come out all right. It's going to come out like that book said. I, I don't care if, if Biden gets in. I do care, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, if Hillary gets in, uh, uh, if she gets back in, uh, I don't care who gets in. God is still in control. Amen. Uh, and you know what? The Bible said the kings of the earth are like the rivers of water. He turneth them wheresoever he wanteth them to go. God is able to make men think things that don't even know why they're thinking it. God is able to make men do things that don't even know why they're doing it. Because God is in control. I think it was Trump that coined the phrase in 2016, and he said it's rigged. Well, I've read the book. It's rigged, folks. It's going to come out the way God said it's going to come out. There ain't nothing the devil can do to stop it from coming out that way. He may hinder it a little bit. He may slow it down a little bit. I don't even know if he can do that or not. But this thing is rigged. It's going to come out right. Paul said, I believe God. You know what Paul said? Of course, he's talking about their physical life and not their salvation. But Paul said this. Uh, he says, telling them what God told him. And Paul said, men, except you abide with the ship, uh, you cannot be saved. Uh, uh, now, he's not talking about their eternal uh, salvation. He's talking about their physical salvation. Uh, but you know what? 
That statement is true today. We can apply that to the church in this way. If you don't stay with the church, there's some things that you cannot escape. Amen. If you don't stay with the church, there's some things that you are not going to be able, my friend, to get by and to be saved from. You need the church. You need the church. The Bible said Christ gave the church and died for it. If we didn't need the church, uh, why tell me that he, they say I sent some prophets, some evangelists, uh, uh, some pastors, some teachers, uh, if we didn't need the church, amen? Uh, if we didn't need the church, why did he say do not forsake the assembling of yourself together uh, as a manner of some is and so much the more as you see that day approaching, amen? Uh, uh, we need the church. Now you folks, some of you have been listening to me. Uh, for thirty uh, some years, you say you don't have to tell me that. I, I, but some of you been listening to me for a long time. I, you say, preacher, I know everything you're going to say. I've heard every story you're going to tell. I, I know that. But you know what? Somebody got it right a long time ago, I, and they said the job of a preacher is to constantly remind people of what they constantly forget. I, I, did you ever notice that Matthew I, is road and then? Mark comes along says about the same thing. Uh, did you ever notice Mark gets done, Luke comes along says about the same thing. Uh, uh, did you ever notice Luke gets done and John comes along uh, and all the Lord is doing is telling us over and over and over again uh, uh, so that you and I might get it. Amen. Uh, uh, I tell you human beings have a trouble getting stuff. You believe that? You pastor a church a little while you believe it. Amen. He told him, said, stay with that ship. You see, he believed God. He said he believed God that it'd be even as God had showed him. And then, no doubt, they believed God's word. Because you know what Noah said? God said, Noah, I can't explain all this, but God said, Noah, build that ark. He told him about the animals coming in. And then he told him about uh, having his family to get in the ark. And then you know what God told him to do? Because Noah was a preacher of righteousness, that all the while he's building on that ark, all that while uh, he's a preaching. Amen. Uh, all that while he's a telling them, uh, uh, judgment's coming, a uh, flood's coming, you better... You better make preparations. God's going to destroy this place. Uh, and Noah preached that for a hundred to 120 years. The Bible tells us he was a preacher of righteousness. Amen. Uh, over there in Second Peter five, Second uh, Peter two five, the Bible said Noah the eighth person, the eighth person. Why did it say that? Well, he wanted us to get it right. Amen. Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. You say, preacher, we don't see many saved today. No, Noah didn't see many saved in his day. And the Bible said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the coming of the Son of Man. You see, in Noah's day, wasn't too many people interested in getting on the boat. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but in our kind of day, there ain't a whole lot of people interested in getting on the boat. Uh, but you know what? Just because people ain't interested don't mean God ain't interested. Uh, and just because people don't respond don't mean we're to quit giving the invitation. We're to keep preaching the Word of God. 
And I'm glad that when it comes to God's Word, I I, I want to test negative for doubting the Word of God. I, I believe God's Word tonight. Amen. I believe this is the most precious thing that we have in this world. Amen. I, I believe this is the closest thing to Jesus Christ uh, uh, that we have here in this world. Uh, and I believe it would make a better family, a better husband, a better wife. Uh, I believe it would make better church members, better preachers uh, if we believe God. Amen. Uh, just believe God. You say, preacher, you're preaching to the choir tonight. I know that. But there's a lot of folks out there that doubt God's Word. There's a lot of folks out there that, that doubt the Word of God. First, first man I ever, uh, I ever went funeral, I ever preached, and uh, I went to see this fellow. A lady asked me to go see him. And I went in to see him. And uh, they let me in. I went in. I told him who I was and what I was there for. And asked him if he was saved. And, and I never will forget what he told me. He said, Preacher, he said, I believe every word in that Bible from Genesis to Malachi. But he said, I don't believe one word of the New Testament. He said, I believe Jesus Christ was a good man, but I don't believe he was a God man. And I went to try to talk to him. And he said, he said you're not going to make a Baptist out of me. I said, sir, I'm not trying to make a Baptist out of you. I just want you to get saved. I want you to go to heaven. I want you to miss hell. And he asked me to leave the room. About three days after that, his wife called me and asked me to come and preach his funeral. And it was the first funeral I'd ever did. I'm so grateful for the words she said. She said, preacher, make it short. Well, what, what can you do but make it short? about a man that says he don't believe a word of the New Testament, he don't believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God, I mean, what can you say? Amen. Sometimes they say, boy, that preacher didn't do a very good job at that funeral. Somebody told me at Brother Nathan's funeral, when I preached Brother Nathan's funeral, they said, preacher, said that's the best I ever heard you do at a funeral. I said, he gave me the best stuff to work with ever had. Amen. You give preacher... You give the preacher a good strong testimony and, and knowing that they're saved by the grace of God, I tell you, uh, he can preach a funeral, amen. Uh, but you give, you give him a, a life of worldliness and sin uh, and no profession of salvation, I'm telling you, all you can do up there is say they're at the mercy of God and that's about all you can do, amen. Amen. And so uh, Noah warned sinners. Paul he warned them. He warned them before they ever started. He said, this voyage is going to be with much harm, he said. Uh, uh, but they wouldn't listen to the preacher. Did you know a lot of st- people get in a lot of storms because they don't listen to the preacher? Amen. Uh, they say, oh, I'm not listening to that old Bible thumper. I'm not listening to that old hick preacher. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, if people just have listened to the preacher, I've had them to come up and tell me after the fact, preacher, I wished I'd listened to you on that Sunday night or that Sunday morning. Uh, but when you don't listen to the preacher and you don't believe the Word of God he's a preaching, you're going to wind up in trouble. Amen. And so I'd like to say tonight that if God were to test me tonight, I'd like to I'd like to believe, and I do believe it's true, that if God tested me, that I'd test negative Brother Eddie for doubting the Word of God. I I believe it all. Amen. I may not do it all, but I believe it all tonight. Amen. Now this thing's going to get tough right here on this point here. 
It's some hardest verses in the Bible. I'd like to say I'd like to test negative on dearly loving this world. This world. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Let's look at what God said over in the book of 1 John chapter 2. I could quote it, but I want you to read it over there tonight. 1 John chapter 2. Here's what the Lord said. Love not the world. That ain't too tough. Love not the world. But right after that is when it gets tough. He said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. It's tough, ain't it? You love your car, that's in the world. Love your house, that's in the world. Got quiet in here. You love your hunting gun, your fishing boat. You love them things, they're in the world. But the Bible said, the Lord said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all, And here's the key verse. Here's the eye opener. It ain't talking about your boat. It ain't talking about your car. It ain't talking about your house. Here's the qualifying thing here in verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I want to say tonight, listen, that word world there, I don't go a lot to the Greek and all that because i got an English Bible and so why go to the Greek? But I want you to know that that word there is the word cosmos. And here's what it means. Uh, Schofield's note says on page 1342 in the book of Revelations, uh, he said the cosmos, uh, the summary in a sense of the present world system. Talk about don't love this present world system. The ethically bad sense of the word uh, refers to the order, the arrangement under which Satan has organized the world of unbelieving mankind upon his cosmetic principles, cosmic principles of force, greed, selfishness, ambition, and pleasure. Uh, And all the verses are to go with it right after that. That's what God's saying. And I'm glad if you were to test me uh, uh, tonight for the love of this present world, uh, I'd come up negative on that point. Uh, You say, why? I don't love this present world system. I hate it. Uh, uh, You say, why? They're against God. They hate God. They hate the Bible. Uh, They hate what's right. They're for what's wrong. Uh, And I'll tell you, I I have no love for this world system uh, that Satan is the God of at this present time. I have not one drop of love for this world system tonight. Amen. Uh, If you test me, I'd test negative right there. Uh, But I want you to know that we go on a little bit there. And he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. He said all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh. Don't love the lust of the flesh. Uh, uh, The lust of the eyes. Don't love the lust of the eyes. The pride of life. Uh, Don't love the pride of life. Those are all things God hates. Uh, And the Bible said those are all things the world loves. Uh, 
The world loves lust. Uh, if you don't believe it, turn your TV on for five minutes. Uh, uh, the world loves lust. Uh, if it wasn't for lust, uh, they couldn't sell a movie out of Hollywood. Uh, the world loves lust. God hates lust. Uh, the Bible said the lust of the, the eye. The lust of the eye. The pride of life. This world is a proud world. This world system is all about pride. You know why that is? Because the God of this world. That's what his problem was. Isaiah 14 verse 14. He said I will ascend above the heights of God. And he makes this statement. Boy you can't get no more proud than this statement right here. I will be God. Boy you don't get no prouder than that. That's the system that's in this world right now that's going to produce an antichrist. A superman. Read all about it in your Bible if you study it out. I hate this world system. Amen. I hate it. There's some people in the Bible that they had too much love for the things of the world. You remember reading about Lot's wife? Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. That has always amazed me that Jesus never said, remember Abraham's wife Sarah. He never said, remember Noah's wife. We don't even told her name. Uh, uh, he doesn't say, remember them. Uh, but he says there in Luke 17 concerning the second coming, he said, remember Lot's wife. Uh, why did he say do that? Uh, he said, remember Lot's wife. You know what life, what's, what Lot's wife did? She, she was given by the grace of God being led out of the city that God was about to destroy. But you know what happened? She went back. You know why she went back? She loved the life she had in Sodom more than the one God was leading her to. She loved the stuff she had back there in Sodom. You say, preacher, I'm not supposed to love my stuff. You can love your stuff, but here's the qualifier. Here's the, qu here's the clincher right here. You're not to love your stuff more than you love God. You see, some people love their stuff more than they love God. That's why they was out on it this morning and stood in the house of God. Some people love their stuff more than they love God. That's why they're sitting in it this morning and stood at the house of God. If you love, you, if you, you say, preacher, this is kind of hard preaching. Uh, preacher, we don't like this kind of preaching today. Hey, they didn't like it back then either, but they got it anyway. Amen. It's the kind of preaching we need today. Amen. The Bible says that Lot's wife, she went back. Amen. She went back to what she had there. She went back to her stuff. Uh, now every woman, uh, every woman loves her home. I hope they do. I wouldn't want a woman didn't love her home. I wouldn't want a woman didn't take care of things. And I've known some men down through the years that they'd work hard and they'd bring something in the front door and a few weeks later their wife thought out the back door. Uh, amen. Wouldn't take no care of it. I believe you ought to take care of what God's give you. I, I believe you ought to take care of the things that the Lord has allowed you to have. Uh, amen. Uh, and it's alright to love that stuff, but you're not to love it more than you love God. Amen. Uh, 
Uh, did you know what I've noticed a lot of times uh, in the Bible, in real life? Uh, I've noticed that whenever people love stuff more than they love God, uh, sometimes they'll wind up losing that stuff. Did you ever notice that? Amen. Lot's wife. Well, I'm not going to go into real depth on that. But the Bible said Lot's wife, she loved that stuff so much. Instead of going on with God, she turned around and went back. She became a pillar of salt, the Bible said. Then the Bible said, Paul said, of this man Demas, 2 Timothy 4 and 10, he said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I heard a preacher the other day trying to, somehow or another he was trying to take up for Demas, I guess, and he was trying to make out like uh, Demas uh, uh, maybe not left for the wrong reason. Uh, back to the first point, I believe God. <laughs> I believe the Bible. And the Bible said, Demas hath left me, uh, have, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now, I don't know no Greek or Hebrew, but I can ring English real good. And the Bible said Demas left Paul because he loved this present world. Amen. Paul went away because he loved this world. I preached last week, I think it was, on hindrances. And I was preaching on things that hinder people. People can be hindered by, uh, I think I said, a partner. Uh, people can... Uh, start dating somebody or going with somebody or their husband die or their wife die and they wind up marrying somebody else that, uh, that is not a believer. Next thing you know, they're all out of church. I've seen that happen so many times tonight it makes me sick to even think about it. Amen. And the Bible said, Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world. I've seen people get out of church over pleasure. The Bible said in our kind of a day, said there'll be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Amen. Now, there, God wants you to have pleasure. Amen. And if there's anybody that ought to have pleasure and ought to enjoy the things that God has put here, it ought to be a child of God. Amen. But you're not to love pleasure more than you love God. Sunday is not spelled G-O-L-F-L if it's spelled G-O-D. God. Amen. Some people love pleasure more than they love God. But I want you to know, here's what the Bible said about it. In uh, 1 Corinthians, I know the chapter there's chapter 7, and he's talking about uh, marriage and divorce and, and how a husband and wife ought to treat themselves. But down in the middle of that thing, he said, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. He said it's short. That's A.D. 59. He said, it remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. Some of you say, hey, I believe God right there. But Paul's talking about this thing of serving God. And he says, uh, uh, he said, if you got a wife, he said, when it comes to this thing of serving God, be like you don't have one. You say, what do you mean? Well, some people's got a wife. That's what happened. Jesus told that parable. And he asked them to come to the great supper. And you remember what that one man said? He said, I've took a wife. I can't come. Now over my years of preaching, it hadn't been that way. Most time they wouldn't come and they took a wife and she got them to come. And that's, that's the way I've seen it a lot of times. Amen. But I want you to know that the Bible said, Paul said, 
that you need to put God first. Amen. Now that will go over in our kind of an age like a lead balloon. But the Bible still says it and it's the truth. And he says, And they that weep, though they weep not, they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not. Uh, in other words, you can get to loving this old world so much, you can think what little bit of it that you've got belongs to you. It don't belong to you. Everything you got, whatever you got, it belongs to God. He's, he's let you be a steward over it. Amen. And I heard a guy get up one time and he was... He was really bragging on all that he had and all that he'd done. If he said I once, he said it 50 times. And when he got done, the preacher stopped him and pointed his finger down at him and he said, you forgot one thing there, son. He said, none of that stuff you got is yours. It belongs to God. He just lets you use it. Amen. That's the truth tonight. Amen. How are you taking care of God's stuff? He said... And they that use this, watch this, and they that use this world as not abusing it. Want to use the lake? Go ahead. Don't abuse it. Want to use the parks, the streets, the highways? You want to use them? Go ahead, but don't abuse them. Want to use the shopping malls? Good. Help yourself. But don't abuse them. Amen? Most of the sin that comes into the life of people it doesn't have to do with the thing actually being a sin. It, it's that they take the thing and they make it a sin. I, did you know so much in this old world that it's free to us? We can enjoy it. We can get pleasure out of it. Uh, uh, but we make it a sin uh, because we go to seed on it. Uh, and what we start out doing one day a week, we wind up doing seven days a week. Uh, and we make sin out of that which is not sin. Amen. I, I don't know if it's making any sense or not, but it's preaching good. Amen. Denying Demas. I kind of categorize Demas somewhat like Esau. Genesis 25, 31 through 34. You remember, you remember Jacob and Esau. And Jacob was a rascal. Jacob was a schemer. Jacob was a liar. But Jacob knew something about God. He met God in a, in a dark place one night. A lot of people meet God in a dark place. A long last way. But see, Esau, was. the Bible said, and it's a, it's a hard statement, but the Bible said, God said, Malachi, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. I preached a sermon years ago on the man God hated. You see, Esau was fleshly. Everything about Esau was fleshly. He was a hunter. He was cunning. Everything he craved, he craved what was now, not what's coming. And it's a picture of the flesh. God hates the flesh. But Esau's a picture of the spiritual man. That's what God loves. God's a lover of the soul, the spirit. So Demas, Demas, he, he loved this old world so much it made him... Made him leave the place of God. If I was tested, if I was tested tonight for dearly loving this world, I, I'd like to think I'd test negative. Amen. Out. I don't see a whole lot out there I want. Amen. 
And used to, I wanted things, Brother Eddie. I was always craving things and could never get satisfied. But one day I found something that satisfied me. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. And I've been satisfied with His church. I've been satisfied with His Bible. I've been satisfied with His salvation. And He knows I'm satisfied with His Son. Amen. I thank God for Jesus Christ. Look over in Luke 9. Boy, there's some tough Scripture there. In Luke 9. Last part of the chapter there. Some tough stuff there, buddy. And I ain't talking about salvation now. It's talking about the discipleship. Let's get it where it goes. But there in Luke chapter 9, verse 57, the Bible said, It came to pass that there went in the way a certain man said unto him, Lord, I'll follow thee wheresoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Jesus wants you to know what you're getting into. Jesus said, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. But he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. That's, that's rough right there. I had an evangelist friend, many of you remember him, he used to come here every year and preach. Carl Nelson, great evangelist, been in heaven for years. I still think about him a lot, miss him a lot. But Brother Carl, he was uh, scheduled to go to Jamaica on a mission trip. And his father died about the time he was leaving. His father died. And Carl went on on the trip. And, and boy, they talked bad about Carl. But what they didn't know is Carl's dad had been in prison for the biggest part of his life. And right before Carl left to go to Jamaica, he went to the prison, visited his dad, won him to the Lord, and his dad got saved. Uh, and uh, and he'd already now, he couldn't do no more for his dad, so he went on on the mission trip. They had like hundreds saved over there in the mission thing. Uh, and you know what? Carl could have said, I can't go. I'm going to stay here. Uh, uh, but he didn't do that. You know why? Because he loved God. Uh, uh, because he knew he'd done all he could do for his dad. Uh, he couldn't do nothing else for him. And so he said, uh, I, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to preach. I know that kind of stuff that it don't go over good. But the Bible still says that's the way it ought to be. It was a tough verse in Matthew 10. He said, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Many a mother-in-law said amen to that. Amen. But the Bible said, A man's foes shall be they of his own household. Watch it. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He didn't say you couldn't have him. He said you wasn't worthy of him. And he says, He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Well, that's rough right there. That's right out of that Bible. So let's put it all together. Don't love the world. Don't love your son or daughter more than me. Don't love your mother and father more than me. So put it all together. And what's he saying? He's saying what I said at the start. I, God says you ought to. He didn't say you did, but God said you ought to love Him. Amen. And the love you have for Him compared to the love for your mother or father or the love of your children would look like hate because you love Him so much. Amen. That's what the Bible says right there. Now these things are hard to, hard to do. Some of them's hard to test negative for. 
I'd like to test negative for these things. I told it Tuesday night. A.W. Talser was a great man of God. Every preacher's got books in his library or they ought to have. He wrote that classic book on the pursuit of God. I have every book, uh, as far as I know, he's wrote. Got three books on his life story. Read all of it. Read it several times. Uh, all of his books. Great man of God. Great man of prayer. They said that his own church banned him from coming to the Wednesday night prayer meeting because when they'd go to the altar for prayer, he'd stay so long that when they got done, the meeting it was the meeting was over. And they asked him not to come to his own prayer meeting. Great man, loved God. But I read his book, and his book said he was a tremendous preacher, a tremendous man of prayer. But when it come to family, he was pretty quiet around his family. He stayed off to himself a lot. And after he died, said his, his wife remarried after he died. And someone interviewed her and asked her how she's doing. Brother Eddie, here's the statement she made. She said, well, I'm happier than I've ever been in my whole life. And he said, what do you attribute that to? And she said, well, she said, A.W. Talzer loved God. But she said, Leonard Odom loves me. Now don't, don't put, don't put, don't put, Brother Tauls her down too quick. She didn't say he didn't love her. Did you know there's a different thing? It's a different thing. It's a different thing to how someone loves you and how they perceive your love. That's two different things. But boy, that, that illustration there and I didn't tell that to make him look bad. Really, if you're looking at it from a Bible point of view, it makes him look good. You say, why? Because the best thing any man ever done for his family is to love God supremely. And if he loves God supremely, he's going to love his wife. You say, why? Because God told you to. I wrote a guy this week and sent him a card. He'd give us an anniversary gift. Our anniversaries last week. Him and his wife would give us an anniversary gift. And I sent him a card and and I, I, I wrote down at the bottom of it Proverbs seventeen twenty two. Whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing, obtaineth favor of the Lord. Amen. And then I put P.S. I'm still looking for the verse about the man. The Bible said, Whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Amen. Don't say nothing about us men. But I want you to know that A.W. Talzer was doing what God told him to do. All right. Let me give you one more tonight and we'll be done. Matthew 10, verse 34. It's a rough scripture again. The Bible said, But whosoever shall deny me before men. Him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. When it comes to denying God's Son, I'd like to test negative on that. I'd like to say that I I can't say that I had never denied Him. I can't say that. I, I wouldn't be telling the truth if I did. 
But when it comes to denying God's Son, and, and we're living in an age where you, make, you may be pushed to do that. They're making people get out on the streets now and apologize and, and take away uh, stuff they said they believed in. They're, they're making people do that now in our day. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Look here. Let me say this now. Let's look at what the Bible said. It said, But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now, I cannot make Scripture fit. I cannot make right doctrine by applying that to any child of God when it comes to salvation. I don't believe God would deny recognition of one of His own children. I don't believe God would do that. He's promised to eternal salvation. He's promised that no man will take it away. No man's able to pluck you out of His hand. I don't believe God would do that. Well, what's it meaning? Well, let's look at what the Bible said. It said, But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. Deny him not. Deny him what? The answer is found in 2 Timothy 2. The Bible says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny Him, there's our word, if we deny Him, He also will deny us. Deny us what? What did it say? Rain. Let the Bible speak for itself. If you deny Him, He'll deny you rain. You say, what are we going to do then? You'll have to wait and see about all that. I don't have all them answers. Amen. I'm finishing up here. I don't want to deny God's power. The Bible said in the last days perilous times would come. Men would be lovers of their own self, proud, boasters, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. I don't want to deny God's power. Amen. God's got power. People say God can't do this. God can do anything God wants to do. He's God. I'm not. God's not boxed in by me. I don't want to deny God's power. I want to believe God's got the power to save. I want to believe God's got the power to heal if it's His desire to do so. I want to believe God's got the power to do whatever God wants to do. I don't want to deny His power. I don't don't want to never say God can't do that. God don't have the power to do that. I don't want to deny His purity. Look over in the little book of 1 John again. We're almost done. Just hang on there. Freddy's is still open. 1 John chapter 4, verse 2. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Here's how you can know God's Spirit. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Look at verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. If Jesus Christ come in the flesh and we believe what the Bible said, we believe that He was virgin born. 
a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Amen. Uh, the Bible said, Great is the mystery of godliness without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. Uh, how that God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the world, uh, preached unto the Gentiles, and received up into glory. That's a great controversy. I can't explain it, but I, I'll test negative on not believing it. Amen. That's how you tell that spirit of Antichrist. They deny that Jesus is coming to the world. You say, Brother Rick, I believe in God. All right, back up to chapter 2. The Bible said, verse 22, Who is a liar? Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. A lot of old liars in this world tonight, ain't they? And he said, He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. You say, well, I believe in God. You still go to hell. Look at verse 23. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledged the Son hath the Father also. You've got to have both of them. Let me throw another one on you. You've got to have all three of them. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to test negative. For denying the power of God. Amen. I won't test negative for denying the purity of God. Yeah. And I want to test negative tonight for denying the promise of God. Yeah. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go away to prepare you a place. And if I go away, What? I will come again. Yeah. A lot of people are denying His coming. A lot of apostates are changing their premillennial view of the second coming of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know, if you test me tonight, if you test me tonight, I, I'm going to test negative on that because I still believe He's coming. Father, Thank you tonight for the promise of God.